You're listening to SpursCast, episode 494. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of SpursCast. I'm going solo for this episode 494, so let's go ahead and jump into the Spurs' 103-90 Game 4 win over the Golden State Warriors Sunday in San Antonio, where the Spurs have um, kept their their season going with a with the win. Now they're down uh, 1-3 to three in the series against Golden State. Uh, let's first begin with a quick recap of the game. Um, basically, the Spurs came out with a lot more energy in this game. Uh, they actually made their shots, and, and there was a lot of uh, different uh, players that stepped up. The ball moved uh, defensively. They made some different matchups, which, which I will get into in detail in a little bit. And then uh, you saw Manu Ginobili there uh, close the fourth quarter out for San Antonio in only the ways that Manu can do. Um, so in the first quarter, the Spurs got a pretty comfortable lead. They went up by 10 with uh, 134 left in that quarter. By the second quarter, they had their biggest lead of the game at 17 uh, with about 239 left before halftime. They walked into halftime with a 14-point lead. In the third quarter, uh, they finished. They kind of had a pretty good um, edge against the Warriors for most of the third quarter, but Golden State did get it down to six, the lead, uh, at, at the end of the third quarter. When the In the fourth quarter, uh, the Warriors made their, their biggest push where they got the Spurs' lead down to two points with 557 left, and that's when Mono Ginobili basically put the team on his shoulders, and San Antonio relied on their defense as the Spurs outscored the Warriors 15-4 to to close the game. During that stretch, in the last six minutes, Manu put in 10 points, and uh, the Spurs walked off the AT&T center floor with a 103-90 uh, win in their in their pockets. So now the series does move to Game 5 on Tuesday, uh, back in Oakland, for where the Warriors will be at home. Um, so let's go ahead and, and get through some some more detailed analysis of, of what happened in this game. What worked? I'm going to kind of... I know I've been doing the adjustments uh, afterward, but I'm going to kind of mix in the adjustments and what went well for San Antonio on both ends of the floor to kind of keep them both uh, in the same topic area. So um, after rewatching the entire game, watching the film, um, here were a few adjustments that the Spurs made that I saw on defense and, and uh, that really helped. Uh, the first one was the matchups that they finally moved. You know, uh, this is something that myself and some of the guests that I've had on in the past for during the series have been mentioning since game one, basically after game one, you know, a lot of us were wondering, you know, why is Patty Mills still guarding Clay Thompson? And then, of course, in Game 2, Patty had to guard him again in Game 3. And, I, you know, everyone had just basically been saying, you know, why not put more length on him? Why not put somebody like Danny Green, who's 6'6", basically almost Clay's size, give him a chance or maybe give Rudy Gay or even DeJounte Murray? Well, the Spurs finally made some switches on defense. Uh, they had Rudy Gay guard Kevin Durant. They had Danny Green guard Clay Thompson right from the tip-off. Uh, then they put Patty Mills on Iguodala, Andre Iguodala, who's not a shooter, so Patty could kind of play off him a little bit. Uh, he's not going to really attack Patty unless he's calling for a pick and roll, which that's not really happening because KD and because a lot of the Warriors' playbook goes through KD and and, and uh, Clay Thompson. And then they had a, they lived with Dejounte Murray on Draymond Green. Now, even though Draymond has more size uh, than Murray, it's not a huge difference in terms of length and height. Uh, Draymond's only about six eight, and Murray's six five. And then when you think about Murray's wingspan, uh, it's not too much of a of a um, mismatch for for Murray and also it's uh, I think if you're the Spurs you would want the Warriors running their possessions through Draymond rather than rather than Kevin Durant or Iguodala or um Clay Thompson. So in a way, you know, even though the Warriors might see some sort of mismatches with Iguodala and Draymond, uh they're still not going to give the put the ball in their hands because they still know that their their efficiency and all their points comes from KD and Clay. So that was one big um area of focus for the Spurs was making those type of matchups. Uh, Kevin Durant, you know, still got his 34 points, uh, 13 rebounds, but he, you know, Rudy Gay did a very good job um, of guarding him. So did Kyle Anderson when he came in off the bench. 
LaMarcus Aldridge had a switch on to Durant a few times, and even he contested his shots well. He had a block on him on a drive. Uh, so KD does shoot 43%. He, he, uh, she shoots um, 12 of 28 from the floor and even 4 of 13 from three. So, you know, he's going to get, like, like I've mentioned on, in pretty much every podcast, he's going to get his points. There's nothing you can do without Kawhi Leonard to limit Kevin Durant. The guy's going to score. The, most thing, the best thing you can do is just contest his shots, and, you know, he's not always going to shoot over 50% from the floor. And as you saw in this game, he ended up shooting 43%. And, you know, if you're the Spurs, you're going to take that. Uh, one thing that the Spurs di- that did do well, uh, as I mentioned, was make uh, Danny Green guard Clay Thompson. You know, just putting a guy who's six six on a six seven shooter, Green's fast enough to kind of um, and, and uh, has good communication skills in terms of uh, chasing Clay off off different screens. Uh, Clay doesn't have that post up advantage that he has against Patty Mills or Brent Forbes when uh, Danny Green's guarding him. And then even when Danny sat down, uh, you saw Kyle Anderson get some some possessions against Clay, and, he, and even he, even though. Anderson doesn't have the foot speed to keep up with Clay. He has that recovery speed and kind of just gets in, in Clay's way. Where you saw Clay shooting a lot of fadeaway fadeaway jumpers. Uh, he always had hands in his face if he was trying to take um, some of his open shots. And I, I mean, not open shots. If he was trying to take some shots, and then even the ones that he did get wide open, he he rarely made those because at that point his com- his confidence, his shooting stroke just wasn't there uh, after shooting um. Uh, you know, contested looks for most of the game. So Clay finishes with 12 points on a four of 16 shooting, two of six from three. And again, you're not going to hold you're not going to hold him below 10 points. But the thing you can do is just try to keep him below, you know, at least below 20. If, you, if the Spurs can do that to Clay Thompson, that, that's definitely a win for them. They can't be letting him go off for about 20, 20 to like 30 points, like he had been doing in games one, two, and three, where he was getting some really good uh, shooting numbers. And then kind of something that I wrote down is like I've kind of mentioned throughout all this, all the podcasts is uh, you have to let you have to live with other warriors, warriors beating you. If you're San Antonio, you have to kind of get risk that gamble. Let Draymond Green, let JaVale McGee, uh, Andre Godala, uh, Livingston, Looney, David West, Quinn Cook. You have to let those guys try to beat you. And, and of course, in this game, it didn't work. Those other warriors, basically players not named Durant or Thompson shot 18 of 46 in the game overall, which is 39%. So if you're San Antonio, hey, you know, as long as it's not Durant or Thompson, you're going to let those other players try to beat you, and you got to live with that um, that risk. And for this, for the Spurs in this game, it did pay off, and that's something that I think that they should continue to try to do uh, going into game five. Uh, one thing you saw from the Spurs was their physicality. They really increased their ball pressure, and it really took Golden State out of sync a little bit offensively where the Warriors had some uncharacteristic turnovers. Uh, just missing passes off cuts and, and different scenarios where, where guys are usually in the right place at the right time. Uh, they were off just by a few seconds. And so the Spurs' defense had a lot to do with that. They were really um, you know, playing, playing the passing lanes well. Uh, also on those, cut, on those uh, Durant pocket passes out of the pick and roll, uh, the Spurs were really active with their hands and, and body in terms of getting, in, getting some deflections. So the Warriors did turn the ball over 16 times, uh, which helped the Spurs score 21 points on the other end. So that's obviously something that the Spurs need to try to do is bring that same level of intensity on defense to, to Oak, Oakland for Game 5 because, you know, in this situation, the Spurs were you know, they were basically, uh, you know, on, on the verge of falling out of the playoffs. So, so maybe that was a lot of emotion uh, that they that they played with, uh, you know, in, in that, that type of a winner-go-home attitude. So they really, and plus they had their home fans there and the, the crowd was really loud. I was there at the building. So they got to try to bring that again, that same type of intensity for game five. Uh, one thing I also mentioned was, um, you know, they got to try to box out better. Uh, the Warriors did win the edge on the glass, 61-34. Uh, they had 24 offensive rebounds, Golden State did. Um the good thing for San Antonio was that their defense was so good that, that they limited the Warriors to only 13 second-chance points. The Spurs actually outscored them in second-chance points. Um, 
even though Golden State had 24 offensive rebounds. But again, you don't want to give this Warriors team uh, many possessions. If not, they, they will. It, that overall, it's going to end up uh, hurting if you're the opposing team. Uh, some other top standout players for the Warriors. Um, uh, basically, Livingston had 10 points off the bench, you know, 5-9 shooting. So it was really just Durant, Clay, and, and Livingston. And again, Clay had, had a rough shooting night, and so did Durant. So uh, you, you really would just want to try to keep uh, Clay as limited as possible. Some other notes I wrote after watching the film. Um, you got to try to get Murray minutes, DeJounte Murray. You know, he's so long and active defensively. He had a steal. He had a block. But it's not. Also, it's also that just the fact that he has a lot of length that he that he helps your defense with. He can recover different, um, cover a lot more space than maybe, um, you know, putting Tony Parker in there or Bryn Forbes. Uh, so, so Murray was able to stay on the floor because he was an, he was a contributing offensively. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But him being a factor um, offensively uh, helped Coach Messina keep him in the game and, and at least play him 27 minutes, which is the most he's played in the series in a single game. So, uh, again, keeping Murray on the floor uh, does help the Spurs' defense overall. Uh, one thing, some other notes I wrote uh, were Kyle Anderson, you know, played well defensively when in the minutes he got guarding both Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, whether he – no matter who he was uh, um, switched onto, so maybe you get him some more minutes. Uh, you know, unlike the, the unfortunate thing for Anderson though is he doesn't have that outside shot that Murray does have right now in this series. Uh, and then also I wrote uh, Spurs should probably watch their transition defense. There was a few possessions where the Spurs would score and the Warriors would get out on the break uh, even after made baskets for San Antonio. So that's something that even if even if you you made a really good shot, a crazy shot, if you're San Antonio, you got to get back on the on the on the other end because uh, the Warriors did get 15 points out on the break. Uh, and that's a big part of um, the Spurs just not getting back, uh, when, when, even at, even after they score. Uh, some other notes defensively, uh, again, just keep those keep 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 the matchups that the Spurs made. One thing I would anticipate is I think that because Mills is probably going to start again, I think the Warriors will try to still target him in a way. I think maybe in Game Five you're going to see more Iguodala setting screens for Durant, so that way Durant can try to get some sort of um, switches with Mills guarding him, or even Clay might uh, Iguodala might set, set more pin down action for Clay, so that Clay can get Mills back on him. So I think that's something to watch if you're San Antonio. Is that I don't think the Warriors are just going to let the Spurs, you know, leave Mills or, or Dejounte on Draymond and, and uh, Iggy the whole time. I think they're going to try to exploit those two players, especially Mills in some sort of in source some sort of facet uh, during Game Five. Uh, another uh, key for adjustment for San Antonio is just defensively is again try to limit Clay Thompson. You know, it's it's tough to do, but they did a really good job of it. And I think just by starting off with Danny Green guarding him, you give yourself a chance of doing that, and then again crash the boards. Let's go ahead and move into the Spurs' offense um, in this game. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is the leading scorer, 22 points on 19 shots, uh, 37% shooting, uh, also 10 rebounds. Uh, off the bench, as I mentioned, Manu Ginobili with 16 points and 5 assists. Uh, again, 10 of those points for Manu came in the fourth quarter. Uh, Kyle Anderson came off the bench with 10 points. Um, Rudy Gay had 14, and then DeJounte Murray uh, with 12 uh, for San Antonio. So they had multiple scores and double figures. Uh, their their box score kind of looked like what the Warriors have been seeing. Um, it's almost like the opposite of, of what games one and two and three were, which is that San Antonio had more um, double-digit scores rather than Golden State. So some notes I wrote down after watching the film offensively. Uh, you know, it's easier said than done, as I said in the last podcast, but uh, make open shots. And this is something that, you know, you don't know how much you can you can hang your hat on if you're the Spurs of this happening again, of replicating this kind of performance from the from the, beyond the arc, because... Coming into this game, as I had mentioned in, in the last episode, the Spurs were 9 of 44 on wide-open threes, 21%. That's all they were making. In this one game, game four, they shot 10 of 16 
on wide open threes, 63%. So basically, <laughs> you know, they shot one better in just one game than they had all series on wide open threes. And again, you don't know if that's something that, that you can just count on if you're San Antonio, uh, because again, they hadn't done in those past three games. I had, I had that argument last time of them um, trying to figure out why they were missing so many shots. And my argument was that it was, um, it was fatigue. Maybe they were just tired because you saw a lot of their threes in the first three games kind of clanking the front of the rim. But, you know, after watching this game, you, you do have to wonder if that's still, that's still an issue. Maybe, again, that adrenaline, that kick of playing in, in an elimination game just kind of fills your whole body. So maybe you do have more spry legs and you're, and you're putting more um, emphasis into your jump shots in terms of getting more bounce. So, so if they can, again, shoot a decent percentage, maybe not, not, maybe not um, you know, what do they shoot? They shot 15 of 28 overall from three. 54%. They're not going to shoot. They're probably not going to shoot that again in, in Oakland on in game five. But if you can just shoot a decent amount, uh, you know, a decent percentage, like 35, 36%, that, that, that's a pretty good percentage to keep you uh, into the game, uh, especially from three point range. You know, this is how crazy this game was for them from three. They made 15 of 28 threes, as I mentioned, 54%. According to the Spurs, one of the Spurs' PR um, uh, personnel, uh, he said that uh, that's the second most threes they've ever made in a playoff in a in a playoff game. Uh, their their franchise record is 16. So so the Spurs go from shooting 21 percent. Uh, I mean not 21 percent from shooting a 24 percent overall in the series to one night they just shoot 54 percent and make almost set a franchise record for made three. So again, I don't think that if you're the Spurs, you can count on that. But for now. If the Warriors are giving you open threes and you're San Antonio, you have to take them. Um, a guy like DeJounte Murray has a lot of confidence right now from the, from the long ball, especially in the corners. Uh, he's four or five in the series. LaMarcus Aldridge hadn't attempted any threes, and he made uh, he went three or three from the from the three-point arc uh, in game four. One of those obviously was a, uh, was a lucky one where he made that bank shot off over Draymond um, with the clock winding down. But the other two, a corner three and then also a spot-up three, were wide open, and that's something that he can really help Rudy Gay out or DeJounte Murray out by spacing the floor more often. I think if you're the Spurs from three, um, this is also mentioned on Twitter from, from, a, from a follower, was uh, you want to try to kind of just aim for a certain number. I think that if they can get to that nine to 10 range, uh, it's going to really help them out in terms of trying to win the ball game. Because if you look at their regular season data, when they made about close to nine uh, throughout the season, they got those were, that was their, their average for wins, nine made threes. Whereas when they lost, it was about seven made threes. So that's something that, Again, just try to get to that 9 to 10 range of made threes if you're San Antonio and you'll, you'll put yourself in pretty good position um, uh, for, for, from the long ball. Somebody else who's been shooting well is also a, a Patty Mills. He's now a 9 to 25 overall from three in the series, which is 36%. So again, Patty's, Patty's at least in terms of being above league average, he, he's there. Uh, for the Spurs, and he's obviously he when he gets his confidence when he makes about two threes. I mean, he ha, he has it ready to go. His his shot. You saw him pull, uh, do about two pull ups there, where the Warriors kind of just backed off him a little bit, and that was it. He was pulling, and and he made uh, some of those threes. Uh, some other notes I wrote. Uh, you know, continue to let Rudy Gay attack one on one. If the if the clock's dying down, he's one of the Spurs' best isolation players with Kawhi Leonard out. And then uh, Rudy had some good uh, dribble penetration ability in terms of when the Warriors would try to close out on his on his um, outside shots. He was pretty good about uh, driving in and trying to get to the free throw line, uh, passing passing to open teammates as well. Some things that Mar- uh, LaMarcus did uh, pretty well, uh, when he had a one-on-one matchup, uh, he attacked quicker uh, with spacing. So if the Warriors weren't all around him and there was a few possessions where he did have just like a one-on-one matchup, he was pretty good to attack it really quickly. Uh but then you did see at different times the Warriors would throw some doubles at him and even some of those extreme traps where they threw about two defenders and try to kind of get him trapped in the corner. 
So that's something, again, where, where the Warriors will throw some mixed um, types of coverages at LaMarcus, but he will have an easier night the more that his teammates make threes. If they continue to make some threes, Golden State's going to have to guard from the outside, which is going to let LaMarcus go to work on the inside. So again, a lot of LaMarcus's game is predicted um, based upon what happens from the outside for San Antonio. Uh, some other notes I wrote here, uh, Kyle Anderson played well off the bench, like I mentioned, uh, especially cutting off the ball. There was about two uh, possessions where he had some, he caught some alley-oops from uh, Pau Gasol, throwing kind of that, that high-low action, but and, and more so because Kyle was uh, cutting off the ball. So that's, again, something you want to watch if you're Kyle Anderson. Sorry, I apologize for the uh, ambulance. There's obviously some sort of emergency around where I live. Uh, anyway, Kyle Anderson, yeah. So cutting off the ball, Kyle did pretty good there. Because, again, he's not a shooter from the outside, so the Warriors are going to kind of treat him how they were treating Murray. So if he's not going to take that spot-up open corner three or, or above the arc three, then the best thing for him to do is kind of just keep uh, keep cutting, keep, keep staying active so that he can find himself under the rim for some attempts. Uh, he had a really nice possession late in the fourth quarter where he kind of took Kevin Durant off the dribble on a closeout. And, uh, he, and he made, he, it's almost like I tweeted, he slowed down time, and he got Durant basically jumping ahead of him and then Kyle made that little um that little hook shot inside uh one thing coach Messina's continued to do well in uh, both games that he's been the head coach is uh, he's staggered the minutes of LaMarcus and, and Rudy Gay he's really tried to keep one of those two players on the floor for San Antonio um in any minutes when one is sitting just because it really helps them out having two guys that could kind of create their own shot um are their obviously their two best scorers in terms of um shot creation so so that's something that he's he's continued to do well, and I think that the, the Spurs will continue to implement that strategy in Game 5. Uh, something else I wrote here uh, was Tony Parker um, is continued to stay aggressive coming off the bench. You know, after his 16-point performance in Game 3, he followed that up with 9 points off the bench uh, in 16 minutes in Game 4. And what you need from Parker is he needs to win those minutes against Quinn Cook. So Parker in this game outscored Cook of nine to four it looks like tony's got his his type of um his confidence his swagger back where he's able to take cook off the dribble if he needs to and then in pick and roll if the warriors are giving him that mid-range shot he will take it or if not he'll try to get into the lane and get to the foul line like you saw him do so again an aggressive tony parker is really a benefit for san antonio in this series uh last thing i, I wrote here for, or a few, last few things i wrote for offense um you know, the Spurs got to continue to drive drive on those closeouts pr- pretty aggressively. You saw Manu do that. You saw Rudy Gay, Kyle Anderson. That's something, again, if the Warriors are going to close out on their three-point shooters, they, they do want to try to uh, to try to either drive in hard and open some space to try to either kick out for an open shooter or uh, try to get to the foul line or try to finish at the rim uh, against that Warriors defense because there was a lot of dribble penetration happening in that game. But something to, to, to watch again is that Golden State's defense should be a lot more active and energetic in Game 5, especially uh, after after losing this past game. Some other last uh, few offensive adjustments I wrote was, again, uh, as mentioned earlier, they got to make the open shots if they're presented. Uh, the Spurs need to try to continue to keep that tempo really slow. Uh, in this win, the Spurs held the war. The, war the game was played at a pace of 90.92 uh, possessions per 48 minutes, and that's something, again, that favors San Antonio a slower pace. Uh, so that you don't let Golden State get out in the um, in the open court. When you get the Warriors in a half court set on offense, and you're guarding them, it makes it it, it, uh, it makes it easier for San Antonio's defense because really all you have to worry about in a possession is mainly Durant and and uh, Clay Thompson, rather than having to worry about you know with with Steph Curry out right now, it's 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 a little bit easier I would say uh, if you're the Spurs to try to guard Golden State in the half court. Uh, and then last thing I wrote for offensive adjustments if you're the Spurs is. 
like I mentioned, just anticipate a, a more energetic Warriors defense. You know, they're going to have their home crowd behind them. Uh, they're going to have a lot more energy. They're going to probably, um, you know, ramp it up like like you saw them doing games one and two on the road, whether that's in the first half or if it, it only comes out in the second half. The Spurs need to be ready um, to not try to turn the ball over in the event that they do see Golden State uh, ramp up their, their defense. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family's safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Thank you for listening to Spurs Cast, episode 494. My name is Paul Garcia. I'm the host of Spurs Cast, going solo for this episode 494. Uh, last topic, uh, not really a topic, but anyway, last part of the of the episode, let's go ahead and preview game five. Uh, this will be played Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. if you're living in Texas. Uh, the game will be taking place in Oakland. Right now, Las, Las Vegas has the Warriors favored by 11 points. So obviously Vegas is expecting a closeout, a gentleman's sweep as they call it in basketball terms. So so Vegas is, is projecting Warriors by, by eleven. You know, I was I was wrong in my last project my last prediction. Uh I had I had said uh I thought that the Spurs would lose that that final game. I thought they would play close a much closer game. Uh but they ended up winning. I still again that was just just looking at the at the um, I think San Antonio has a chance here, especially if they they can do a, a two major things here. Try to limit Clay as much as possible and try to make threes. If those two things happen, then I can see San Antonio getting a win, uh, a surprising win on the road uh, at Oakland and bringing the series back to San Antonio on Thursday. But I, I just don't, it's not really the clay part, it's more the, the offensive part, the, the shot making that I don't trust as much for the Spurs. I just haven't seen it. I'm a, I'm a person who, who uses large sample sizes rather than just, than, than just one game sample sizes. And again, for the Spurs to make 10 of 16 wide open threes and then go 15 of 28 and almost break a franchise record in threes made on, on one random night compared to their entire playoff run where they were, where they were just having trouble. And even, even the regular season going into the playoffs, they were having uh, trouble. I, I'd still trust the larger sample size thinking that San Antonio won't shoot this well from three. So I'm going to go ahead and take warriors in this one um, to close out the series. Uh, thank you for listening to Spurs cast episode 494. Um, if you're on if you're on Twitter, follow us at Project Spurs at AT League underscore NBA at the Spurs Cast and at Project Spurs Network. Visit us at ProjectSpurs.com, analyzing the league.com and ProjectSpurs.net. And if you're listening, if you listen to this on iTunes, please uh, leave us a rating and review. Thank you. Have a great day.